All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast. Huge episode. Lots of news to get to. We started our new rewatch. This rewatch was Self-Destruct, which is our Mission Impossible rewatch. Uh, also, we, we review Shadow and Bone, and uh, we get this steamer or streamer without remorse. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. Doing awesome. How are you, man? I am great. I'm happy to be here. We had a great sports cast, which broke down the NFL draft on uh, the Vikings picks. We went through those. We talked about the Wolves being the best team on earth. We talked about the Twins finally turning things around a little bit, the Wild making the playoffs, and more. Go check that episode out. It was great. Uh, but here we are with our screencast. And uh, before we dive into this screencast, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you get your favorite podcast from, like the Nordy's Podcast, and get this one directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. We love it. We appreciate it. We, we appreciate everyone that subscribes their parents' phones right now Yes, to the Nordy's Podcast. Yep. We appreciate it. They we, won't we, know. We, we appreciate everyone. But one group that we appreciate more than others is Joe Rogan fans. We love all Joe Rogan fans. You are all special. And he is perfect. He is beyond reproach, truly. He is fair and right down the middle on everything. He's just <laughs> exactly. asking questions. I love it. And uh, let's move on quickly and before. Kettlebells and elk meat. Good. Elk meat. And those things are non-controversial like us. So let's move yeah, on. Jerky. And yeah. DMT. Hey, DMT might be for everybody. I don't know yet because I haven't tried it. Okay. All right. Uh, so here we go. Before we dive into our episode, what beer are you guys drinking tonight? All right. I am. I'm drinking something. I believe we maybe have even had on the podcast. Yeah. It's the Falling Knife Dino Dino Holiday Pina Colada, a silly beer, and I have some in my fridge, so I got to get rid of them. We're drinking them now. <laughs> the Dino Pina Colada. That's all he's going to say about it. Um, yep. I'm at. Eric's good friends, uh, Arbiter Brewing Company. Um, I happened to drive by there through a convoluted uh, uh, route to pick up my son from daycare due to construction. Um, their spot looks like it's in a really cool place. Um, I'm drinking their Sucker Punch India Pale Lager. Um, it definitely tastes more like an IPA, um, but I don't know what the style for an India Pale Lager should taste like. Uh, but I think it's really good. It's a it's a really, really good, nice drinkable beer. Very approachable. I'm drinking a classic from our friends over at Modest. Mm. That is their Liquid Mosaic Crystals, their Double Dry Hop Mosaic New England IPA. This thing is really good. That's my favorite beer of all time that I've ever had. I mean, like, look at the <laughs> Well, Ryan, you had that. Was it last week or the week before? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, one of, one of the two, last week or the week before. And yeah, it's, it's, my, it. it's my number one rated beer of all time. I was so jealous oh, of them that I went out and got it for myself. I wonder yeah. if anyone else ever like listens to our beer suggestions and then goes and gets them. I sure hope so. I think they do. That's yeah. why places send us free beer sometimes, which we love. Yeah, because, yeah. I, my favorite thing about that beer, because we have silly beer. My favorite thing about that beer was the price, the taste, and the ABV. <laughs> it was all like right in the perfect wheelhouse. And the can is pretty cool. All right, here we go. We start with Do We Care, and there's lots to care about this week. First up, Do We Care, Taika Waititi is going to play Blackbeard in HBO's upcoming pirate comedy, Our Flag Means Death. I care about this like 96 out of 100. Mm-hmm. I care a lot. This is like so in Taika's wheelhouse. Like he takes 
weird genres and then make some really funny. Like he made a bunch of Nazis funny in Jojo Rabbit. He made he Hitler made vampires. He, he made literally Hitler funny, yeah. which shouldn't even be possible. And then he made a bunch of vampires funny in What We Do in the Shadows. He made Thor funny, which nobody could have done except for him. Um, I can't wait for this. This should be another banger from Taika. I think I think just the just the title alone, right? If you just read the headline that, that Eric just said, uh, which is from like TVLine.com, and said Taika's going to star as Blackbeard in HBO Max's pirate comedy. Cut it off right there. Mm-hmm. Everyone that knows about Taika should be like, I immediately care about that instantly. I could have cut it off as Taika stars in HBO cut off. And I would have been yep. like, yep. You mean Taika and HBO. Yeah. 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 It was like, even with the Taika, you had my my attention. Mm-hmm. And then with HBO, you had my interest. Yeah. Yeah. Said. Um, we all care about that one. And we don't know anything else about it, but we'll keep give you the details when we have them. Care a lot. All right. Um, Invincible. The superhero cartoon uh of great violence that jim loves so far it is extended for seasons two and three where can people check this out and how hot of a wreck is that it's a it's a pretty okay it's not perfect it's not it's not as good as the boys and it will remind you of the boys a little bit because it's not all superheroes are good some are bad secretly so there's that uh incredibly violent like almost comedically violent in both instances um but this is a lot more it's more serious um it's kind of a little bit and it's a little bit more um mysterious too i really like this show it's not perfect there's definitely side stories that you will not give a shit about at all and you'll be like i want to get back to pretty much like evil superman and his son who's not evil um that has like similar powers that's the that's the a storyline that's what you're going to care about and it's been very good. Um, eight episodes. They're like 40 minutes each. I am done with season one and I'm ready for season two and three. It's to me, it's a wreck. But if you watched it and was like, dude, I just don't care about like cartoons or any animation, then just just move on. Find something else. But it's it's a good show, man. It really is pretty solid. The voice and cast is, is crazy. It. I've gone on about it. This is on Amazon. Yes, it's Amazon Prime. Yep, they come out on Thursdays, which I think season one is all the way out now, so you could just go binge it out if you wanted to. All right. So you care so it's good as, news as the to only me. as the only person as you, yeah, as the only person that watched this, you care a lot. I do care. You know, and if you look at who's involved, it does make sense that it's doing well. Um, you know, this is Robert Kirkman's next show. So he did Walking Dead, if you guys remember that one. And they pushed it a little too far, too many seasons, but obviously a massive, massive hit and a good show when it was good. And this is uh this can get better. I think it's actually getting better as the season goes on. All right. I don't know if I care right now, but you're doing a good job selling it. Sweet. All right, next up, uh Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon is in production now and will debut next year in twenty twenty two. I'm praying this comes out in spring twenty twenty two. I'm assuming it will be fall. But spring twenty twenty two would be so electric. It would bring us back to the old times of Game of Thrones dominating the spring. And that is what we need. That's, that is the, that should be the official end of COVID. (laughs) When a new Game of Thrones show comes out. Yeah. The official end of COVID is the official announcement that COVID is over and we're not wearing masks anymore. This is not an anti-mask take. Um, But when we're not wearing Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones watch parties. Yep. Game of Thrones watch parties. And the whole world gets to sit around and talk about Game of Thrones and watch watch it together. That's what we need. That's the official end of COVID. Eric, would you make pizza rolls? I will make a mountain of pizza rolls. Oh, my God. Why wait. would you make pizza rolls when you have a pizza oven? Why don't you just a make pizza? Mountain, I will make a mountain of pizza rolls. 
and a hound of pizza rolls. I get what you did there. <laughs> it's a bad joke, but it made sense. So we I, where's, the, where's the where's the mute button? Gonna, I care I this so much. Um, I know people are a little burned out of Thrones after the end of the the original se- series, but I don't care. We need this. HBO needs this. It's going to be awesome. Um, I I like to think of it like this. Whenever people complain about things, a new Marvel movie, a new Marvel series, a new Star Wars thing, whatever, at least we're getting more in those universes. We could get nothing more, or we could get something that might not always be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I want more. So give me more Thrones. Give me 10 more series. I don't care. I want it all. So this this tees up a a good conversation that we're going to have come like September. When HBO debuts their 2022 lineup of shows and that will, you know, obviously they'll have Thrones in there and we'll get to see what they're doing in the next year because HBO is the network you're probably most, we as a podcast are probably most keyed into. Yeah. Um, especially because they have like very specific plans of when things are going to drop. Netflix is like, oh, yeah, uh, this awesome show that we made for three hundred million dollars is going to drop next week. You know, and it's like, oh, OK, yeah. cool. Same with same with Prime. They're like, well, except Prime is like, yeah, this is an awesome show, but we didn't advertise it at all. Whatsoever. No, with Prime, it's like this is an awesome show. You didn't hear about this from Amazon. This is like us reading an article and it's been out for uh, four months. and you go in there and search for it there it is sure enough it's in there so like you know disney plus will release you know what they're doing in the fall and hbo will do what they're doing in the fall and i'm very excited to see where game of thrones falls in that pantheon because i think eric's right if they go back if they hearken back to olden times and decide for like an april 5th you know, or something like that, Ooh. like release time. Oh, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. It is. That's right where it should be. We care right. about this one just a bit. All right, guys. Um, next up, Master of None. We spent some good time talking about it last week. We got a trailer this week. Yeah. Uh, where are you guys feeling about it at this point? So I watched the trailer. I think it's I think it's a little bit what we feared um, in that Aziz Ansari is involved in a writing capacity uh, perhaps in a direction capacity. It's not about his character and he's not starring in it. It's about his friend's character who is like, you know, this kind of like a cool black lesbian and, you know, her girlfriend and their troubles or, or lack thereof, whatever it might be. But this is like, man, the trailer, like did, it was not going for laughs at all. I think it was going for like art house. Um, you know, if this was a, a movie, it would be like trying to go for the Oscar immediately with you know a best actor actress um i don't think this is what we were hoping for from aziz uh he's a comedian um i would like to see more comedy from him that that being said i'm still willing to give it a shot i just my hopes are are very my expectations have changed a lot after seeing this like very low-key trailer i don't think what what did i I say in in the text you guys didn't watch when it was good so what do you care well, I think they, like watching the trailer, it was like I said uh, they looked like they were trying to win Cannes Film Festival, like right. with a with a movie. And I also found it interesting at the end. It said Master of None presents mm-hmm. season three stories which is or moments like, of love or something like that. So yeah, so I just it's not don't know. Ma- it's, not, yeah. it's not Master of None. It's it's a it's a quirky one off series. And maybe they're still working on season three and four, and we'll still get the things. That, well, at least that I really love about the show. But this isn't it. This is a one-off. I'll check it out, let you guys know what to think. All right, uh, next up, Disney and Pixar's Luca trailer drops. You guys all know me. I don't watch trailers unless it's like a absolute $300 million movie kind of thing. Um, 
I don't care about this. I probably won't unless like I'm told by a lot of people to care. It looks really cute. And it's in parts of Italy that I've been to. So that like makes me more into it. And it's like, looks cute. I'll watch it with my kids. It's coming to, it's coming right to uh, Disney plus. So I'll be able to watch it for free. And I'm sure I will. I just, you know, I just want to know how far into the movie we're going to get before he arrives in Dallas and like takes over as, you know, the face of the NBA its future. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. Alternative title, Doncic comes home. Um, Jemmy Chan. Uh, that's her name, right? Uh, Gemma. Gemma Chan. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sloppy handwriting. Gemma Chan uh, <laughs> will be kind of the lead of the new Eternals film, which stars uh, Camille Nanjiani, stars um, Richard Madden. It has uh, Kit Harrington and Selma Hayek. Angelina Jolie. Yeah, it's crazy. So it is like this ensemble cast, and they've never built it as like, you know, starring Richard Madden necessarily. But I would have sort of assumed that Richard Madden might take the lead in it. But um, Kevin Feige was like, well, if we had to pick, you know, where the story is truly centering on, it's more this Cersei character who's like played by Gemma Chan. Um, You may have seen her in a couple things. She's like a really, really beautiful Asian woman, Um, has done some stuff. I was a little surprised by this. You know, I kind of figured it'd be like Richard Madden's character as kind of like this male, you know, he seems to be the front of the posters as well. So um, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it just kind of shows probably that everybody's going to get a lot of screen time really split up evenly more than anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, in Marvel, we trust, right? Absolutely. I, I'm so excited to meet some new characters. As much as I love the stories of the characters that they've given us for a long time, um, it's always refreshing when they successfully add new people for you to care about. Um, Disney plus is doing a great job of like taking the characters that you don't care about and making you care about them. Um, But uh, I believe the Eternals is going to be their way of introducing us to a new um, generation of Marvel heroes. And I have total faith and I'm really excited to see where it goes. They need to nail this. You'll love this. Uh, Gemma Chan was in fantastic beasts and where to find them. So she, Nagini? Oh. Madam Ya Zhao. Okay. Anywho. Not doing much for Eric she was, at all. She was also in Captain Marvel. Don't remember her either. Um, how can she be in Captain Marvel? She's in Captain Marvel. <laughs> Maybe now, she was like so in the background. No, that was intentional. Damn. Well, Marvel we'll have doesn't to... fuck up. That's what we have to realize. And if all they, right. didn't up, they just changed the story so that they didn't fuck up. They didn't yeah. fuck up. She was supposed to be there. It's going to be on every YouTube video about Marvel for the next 10 years about how she was in the background and there was something that happened that turned her into blah, 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 blah. But you you know what? Let me just go back to something. You did bring up a good point that Marvel right now is doing a lot of reinforcing of old characters. Black Widow is getting a movie even though she's dead, right? I mean, we're getting Loki. What happened with Loki when he was, you know, disappeared with the cube? Okay, good to know. He's dead. Um, these new characters are going to be huge. And we haven't really got a new one that we cared about in a minute. Black Panther, for sure. We all yeah. cared about, well, he literally died. Yeah. So we don't have him anymore. And then they were like, dude, everybody's going to love Captain Marvel. Nobody really did. So yeah. they tried to introduce her and people didn't care so much. They really need to nail this, don't they? And Shang-Chi. But do they I need to nail this? this? I think they're going to knock this out of the park and I can't wait. Um, I don't even know what the Eternals are. I don't even really want to know. I just want to show up and be like surprised. Yeah. They're like, yeah, well, whatever. It'll be sweet. Can't wait. Perfect. All right. We also, if, if if Kevin Feige says she's the lead, then we're going to follow Kevin Feige to the depths of hell. For sure. Yeah. Um, 
Captain America 4 is coming with Sam Wilson. Wilson. Um, I like this. I think this is okay. good. Sure. I like it. I'm actually excited about it. Um, this is something that they didn't have me excited about at all. And I think I would have disliked it if I didn't watch the show. And now watching the show, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think this is cool. I think this was a bold move from Marvel and Disney. And they're not going to miss on this one. It's going to be really awesome. Hmm. And I was curious what they were going to do about the wings, but the wings and the shield combo was like kind of sick. No, it worked. It was fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I definitely I care about this. Although I don't know how it's going to feel that much different than the show. Because I'm guessing they're going to probably bring back a lot of these characters they introduced in the show to be part of, you know, Captain America's movies as well now. So it better be better than the show if it's a movie. I'll say that. And I think it will be. But they're bringing back the writers and some of the directors from the show to do the movie. So maybe we should just have set our expectations at a little better than the show and just roll A better back. version of the show. And a better version of that show would have been really good. Yeah, right. And it was only... Pretty good because it was only pretty good. It was pretty good, and a better version of that would be really good. I, I, I'm excited. <laughs> this is pretty oh, heady stuff. The, uh, you guys, this was, is this is high end film critic stuff right now. <laughs> uh, but what was the what was the big introduction um, in the Captain America films, which was Black Panther? So, what better opportunity to introduce what they're planning on doing with Black Panther? Rebooted yeah. Black Panther two, what have you? Then we'll with Captain America, we're going to get Black Panther two before the show. We'll probably get that Wakanda show that they're making before this Captain America four as well. But it's coming. All right, guys. Uh, next up, Leonardo DiCaprio is remaking and starring in this movie called Another Round. Yeah, is that right. What is Another Round? No, you got it right. So I talked about this movie maybe a month and a half ago. It's like a Norwegian or I don't know what the fuck country this was. Okay. But, um, that's racist. Well, they're all white people. No, I'm, I'm kidding. These yeah, are white so, countries. So who, sca- we, just we say Scandinavia. What are we going to be mad at ourselves? Yeah. All right, look. <laughs> <laughs> so they made this movie where this, like this teacher and his friends are like so stuck in a rut at this kind of like, you know, school that they also like, dude, they want to do this experiment where they start drinking and they're going to be like a little bit drunk all the time, but never get too drunk. And all their lives massively improve and they have, they say, learn so much about each other. It's like a big bonding thing. Um, And it was a great movie. Like it was pretty much good. There were subtitles to read. But if you don't mind that, it was a good movie. Mads Mikkelsen was fantastic. It won an Oscar for Best Foreign Film. So then like the day after the Oscars, they announced this and everyone's sort of like, okay, Leo, that's cool. But like, you could just watch the original. Like, how are you going to make it so different? He even looks a little bit like Mads Mikkelsen. Um... Are you just spending all this money to get rid of the subtitles? Uh, it, it just seems like a weird choice. Just watch the original. I don't foresee myself watching this no matter what. I don't care. You probably won't watch either version. So no. what do you care? Let's move on. All right. Next up, Mad Max Furiosa uh, is going to be the biggest movie ever made in Australia. This is something that I think we all care about. Mad yeah. Max 1 was so fucking weird and really cool. I think I saw this in my house and not in theaters. I think this is an absolute for most expensive theater you can pay to go to um, type of movie to see. I think that's exactly right. Like they have those big speaker stacks on the walls every like 10 feet, you know, those theaters. Yeah. I need one of those. Yeah. I love the first one. I think we somehow (laughs) we gave it movie of the decade. 
Movie of the decade. You know what? I don't. I have no shame. <laughs> uh, it it was fantastic. Everyone loved the first one, and it was so good because it was real. Like it was. They did all these crazy practical effects. They'll have like this insane scene, and then you like, well, this is behind the scenes, and it's the same fucking shot. And they added like they made the explosion like a little bit bigger looking. Like, oh my god, they really did that. So it's not a big surprise that they're going bigger, and then this movie is going to be the biggest production out of Australia ever. But it's great news. I mean, we're all psyched on this one. Uh, do you think it will have Tom Hardy in it? Uh, I don't think so. He'd have to be pretty young because this is uh, Furiosa as a younger person, and it's Anya Taylor Joy, so quite a bit younger than Charlize Theron was. So unless to- they they cast, they they might cast like no, that's the first time they met. I don't see it. I think it's going to be yeah. a whole a whole new cast. Okay. Yeah, there'd be no there'd be no way to do that. Like just well. Okay, there's not no way to do it, but like just numerically based on age, I don't think that's possible. All right, so we definitely all care, right? Yeah, a hundred percent, a thousand percent. I can't wait. This is this is one of those movies. It's like Eric, like when you talk about Dunkirk, like that's the way Mad Max Fury Road should be talked about. In that, yeah, it's cool to see it in your own, you know, even on a seventy-inch screen at your house, but it's ten times cooler to see it in theaters because of the way the sound is and and everything else. So. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Cool. All right, guys. Finally, uh, Elon Musk is hosting SNL. Lots of controversy. What do you guys think about this? Um, I don't think it's that big a deal. They've always had, you know, athletes host or, you know, Donald Trump got to host one time and people were a little concerned at the time, but didn't make a huge fuss. But a couple of the cast members are not happy about it. You know, they didn't like how he downplayed COVID. Um, you know, a lot of people are coming out against just insanely wealthy people that are sort of hoarding wealth and made billions during, you know, the pandemic, that type of thing. Um, And then he had that weird moment where he like wanted to help rescue the Chilean miners. Do you guys remember this? No. He's like, he like went down there with like some equipment and they were like, dude, we got this. Like, we're going to save them. And then he like left and was like, yeah, they're all pedophiles anyways. Oh, whatever. Like he was really, really, really weird about it. Do you remember that? He called like one of the heroes, like a pedophile and shit. On, on Twitter was like one of the guy, one of the lead divers or whatever. It's like he's a pedophile. Yeah, just very like very nonchalantly like threw the guy's name out and called him a pedophile with uh, just literally no reason. So, I mean, the guy's a controversial figure. I get it. I don't think that this the cast needs to make a strong stand of like I won't work with this person. I mean, it's just not that level. I just hope we get some good uh, things teasing Elon Musk. Yeah, I think a lot of it will be, you know, there'll definitely be some skits pointed at him, and I'm sure he'll handle it like a champ. It'll be fine. All right. We don't have a lot of hot wrecks this week, but we're moving on to hot wrecks. And uh, we have to start out with uh, Shadow and Bone, which you guys saw, I believe, two weeks ago, um, or maybe it was last week. And I finally watched some of it. I watched the first two episodes. Um, I think Ryan's watched two, and James, you finished the whole first season. Yeah, I watched eight. I was very confused okay why i was so confused about who some of these people were and like they're introducing you to all these groups of people and i was like i don't know who any of these groups of people are i don't know what the conflict is um there's the one guy who he's must be a big character and he's trying to get the job get the one million whatever but he doesn't have the same backing as like the mob guy does yeah that guy is i don't know if he's good or bad. what have you ever started a new show yeah i don't know for there's sure there's gonna be people you don't know 
So I've, I'm quite confused at this point. Okay. But through two, I think it is one of the better shows HBO has made in, I'm sorry, Netflix has made in some time. Mm-hmm. And the, it looks really good. The acting is good. The people who are in it, it's got the guy from um, Westworld. Which guy is that? Uh, the guy who was there, like the rich guy who was like on vacation, who was like the asshole who wanted to like abuse all the robots. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was yeah. in that. It's got That's him. funny. I was like, where have I seen that dude before? And he's really good in the show. You know? He is really he's good. like the general. Yeah, he's cool. So I don't know. So far, I'm through two. I really like it. Um, I'm I'm pretty excited to finish this. Um, yeah, I mean, so far, for me, it's a total wreck. And that's as a show I've I watched very little of. Mm-hmm. Well, Ryan, what do you think, man? I mean, I can tell you what I think after seeing the whole thing, but I'll have to keep it spoiler free. No, I'm on I'm on the same page. I, I just okay. uh, I I would have watched more this weekend. Um, it just didn't happen. Um, I can't wait to watch more. It's this. It 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 has like a Game of Thrones vibe where. Like when you, if you hadn't read any of the books and you first started off with the show and they introduce you to, in like the first three episodes, 50 characters, and you're trying to figure out what faction means what and who's what Mm -hmm. is where, and and they're this and they're that. And it has that same vibe and the acting is very high quality in the show. And the, the dialogue and the writing is very high quality. Like, I feel like um, this is on par with Game of Thrones season one thus far. I realize there's a long way to go to get to that level, but just in yeah. terms of like world building, it's kind of in that same area where they're doing a really good job so far. And okay. I'm impressed. Do you know what so, it makes me feel like real quick before you dive into your Yeah, head? yeah, what's up? Um, it makes me feel like a combination of his dark materials and Sherlock. Sure. sure. That's a great that's And a Hunger great, Games. Uh, and Hunger Games too. A yeah, little like bit. it's just it's just like things I kind of like or like mostly liked <laughs> kind of put together in a Netflix show that I don't think I'm gonna get to the end of it and be like, wow, that was one of the great shows. But like right. For just a random Netflix drop, like this is a good one. That's what well, I'm that's saying. Why I, that's, yeah. that's why I had that's why I had mentioned in my initial review of it was like the Divergent series in in that it was meant for like a younger audience intentionally. Uh, mm-hmm. Same with Hunger Games, um, but it has much more pedigree and and like better acting and dialogue and writing than those two movie franchises combined you know it's funny they it's kind of like pg-13 but with true good american values of like no nudity ever and no hard swearing but let's shoot somebody in the face and their head blows off the back and show all of it so it's very violent i will say this i want you guys to stick with it although the first two episodes i feel like they probably spend about 10 million each and then you're going to get into a stretch of like four episodes where they probably spend about three million where like a lot of less lot a lot less cg more like fewer sets where like, you know, the, these first couple episodes are jumping from big set to big set, all these extras everywhere. They're like in the woods running, you know, so there's going to be some some more low key episodes. But after the whole th- season, I can tell you guys, this is a damn good show like this. This show is going to have legs. It's going to be a hit for them. Um, it's not going to make a huge splash like like Stranger Things did, but you're going to get, you know, as many seasons of this as they, as they want, as long as they keep up the quality, I think. So, dude, I'm into it. Um, like you said, for something that just like I thought was going to be total trash after watching like a trailer and then finding that this is a pretty well done show, like a really well done show. I'm psyched about it. I think it's a for sure wreck at this point. Yeah. It sounds like you think so too. I would tell people at this point, go out and watch the show. Um, it's like a weird fantasy magic show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I didn't think it was like silly really. I thought it was just like really well done. It was like it was like the right mix of fantasy and magic with grit. Yeah. It kind of like grounded it enough that I didn't find it silly. And because it's from these books, which I don't know anything about or haven't read, but um, you know that they're going to have a plan, right? They're not. There's going to be an, a logical ending, whether that's three seasons, four seasons, whatever it might be. And they're not going to do shit that's like going to totally contradict later because this author already thought about the rules of the magic, the rules of this kind of like magical divide between the the continent that's like a dark, scary place called the Fold. Everything to do with that is fantastic. Um, I just don't think that they're going to have a lot of like, well, that was stupid moments because they can pull right from pretty successful books. So I don't see it getting a lot worse, which is great. All right, cool. All right, Jim, yeah. I also watched Two Distant Strangers. Where can people find this and should they be watching it? Yeah, so I think this was on uh, Netflix, um, Two Distant Strangers. So this one, the the short film, Oscar, and <clears throat> it's got your guy, Joey Badass, who's like a, a rapper first, but has really gotten into acting. And he was really good in Mr. Robot as like a, definitely a side character. Didn't get a ton of screen time, but he was great. Yeah. And this is like, yeah, Leon. It's this is like a, a police brutality movie dressed up as like a little bit of a, almost a Groundhog's Day thing where like he keeps reliving this same moment and it's only 30 minutes. I can't even talk much about it without giving spoilers. So I won't. Um I'll say that you know for 30 minutes this is definitely a wreck. It makes you think. I can see why it won um you know the Oscar for for best short film. Um and you don't see a lot of short films very often. Just truly one and done. You're not like setting up for a sequel. It's just Here's your piece of artwork. It is this long and you are start to finish. You get to think about it as such. So I really enjoyed it. I think it's a wreck. All right, cool. All right, guys, you know what time it is now. Ooh. It's officially. <laughs> it's time for. self-destruct. That's a great name. This rewatch will self-destruct. I love it. I don't know. What it's movie the from. Mission Impossible rewatch. Not sure what, what movie this is even from, but it's Limp Bizkit doing the theme song from Mission Impossible 2. Correct. They they did a, a song for Mission Impossible 2, as did Metallica. Yes. Metallica did a song that's way better than the Limp Bizkit right. song. I Disappear, Metallica, is going to be our outro of this whole thing. Ooh, Perfect. all right. Yeah, you're right. Eric's going to go quiet for like 45 seconds to a minute and a half to find it at some point in the future. So just be ready for that. Yeah. All right, guys. This rewatch will self-destruct. Here we go. The Mission Impossible rewatch. I have to tell you that this movie, like all my complaints about this movie were just that it was made in 1996. Um, this was, had to be the best 1996 movie that's ever been made. Um, <laughs> and also the best 1996 movie is like a pretty good, like 2003 movie. Mm, Agreed. It's definitely better than that. It's definitely more timeless than that. You're selling it short. You always like to make every movie about, well, when, it when was it made, you know, and dude, this thing stands up. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, the worst part about this movie, you ready for the hottest of hot takes? The mm -hmm. worst part of this movie was Tom John Boyd. Oh. No way. Tom Cruise was okay. I have issues with Tom Cruise too. <laughs> but he the only act so badly in this movie, it was kind of painful. Ethan Hunt was unbearable for the first like 20 minutes when he's like having a great time. Nobody wants to see happy, cocky Ethan Hunt. He's like chomping gum loudly and oh. like saying stupid shit. Like, hey, you like that? Like, this guy sucks. And then when his life truly falls apart, now you're now he's like 
magnetic. Every time he was trying to be cocky, I was like so turned off from the movie. <laughs> yeah. And when he does it like multiple times throughout the movie. Like, he's like, oh, Jack, you think you're going to get her phone number? You think you're going to go on a date with her, Jack? Oh, it's I not going to happen. Yeah. Dude, I have a note literally – Happy-go-lucky, cocky kid Ethan is the worst. He's much better when things go bad and they go spectacularly bad. I thought that the scale of this movie, I know that the the problem in the movie was supposed to feel really big. Like, every Mm -hmm. agent will be killed if this stuff gets out. But, like, for how big that was, the actual size of the story that we watched was pretty small. And so the the problem was big, but the story was small. And I thought that that was like the best part about this movie. But the consequences for failure were catastrophic. But the, the you know, the, the amount of people that we saw and the places we saw and the scenes that we saw were all small enough that it felt, um, I don't know if believable is a good word. It's not really believable, but um, right. it felt more realistic. Well, it felt, it, it, yeah, it felt more realistic, Like you, which I interrupted while you were saying. But like, it's not like he's got to disarm six nuclear devices in Chicago, L.A., mm-hmm. Shanghai, you know, St. Petersburg and Prague all in 24 hours or the whole world is going to fall under nuclear disaster. This is just like there's a bunch of names on a disc yep. back in the day and he's got to get it before the bad guys do. And that yeah. that while while that could be you know, catastrophic for these unnamed, you know, faces on the knock list um, felt a little bit smaller in scale. Right. Um, the The spy scene opener was great. I thought it was really cool. It got you into it right away. Um, and then they set up the job that really like as you're watching it, um, you don't really realize that it's going to be the whole movie right there. Right. You're watching this like, OK, here's our mission. We're going in. We're going to go in and, you know, try to inter- intercept this person right after they steal it. Which right away, I'm like, what a bad idea. If it's this sensitive, they need to like capture him immediately and not trace him. But you find out later that that was the plan to expose this mole, right? So, I mean, a bit of a complicated plot, but I didn't have any trouble find, like following it. The, the, like the next movie, apparently there's even a joke in it that like, so it's that easy? It's, that, it's not more complicated because they're almost referring to Mission Impossible 1. Um, I didn't think it was that hard to follow. No, and like, I think that the, the sign okay so i i'm really hard on old movies and it's like definitely one of my sticking points on every one of these rewatches is like it's your it's your favorite thing to do it is and yeah. to pick old movies and so I, I i'm really hard on old movies but i will say this as a positive i think that the telltale sign that an old movie is good is that even though the technology parts are like unwatchably bad, not their own fault because they were ahead of their time with technology for the time the movie came out and they had no idea to see the future and see where technology would actually go. Um, If I still think it's a good movie, even though the technology stuff is like just distractingly bad um, after the fact, it's probably really fucking good. And this movie is 25 years old. So can I just point out a couple of like the stuff you're referring to with that was so silly. So for his hardcore spy work where he sits down to get into it, he's he literally is using the Internet. Okay, so he's going to the Internet and he searches. He does a search for job and nothing comes up on the whole Internet. (laughs) (laughs) He does just search his job. No results. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> that was insane. Maybe played when people didn't know how the internet worked. We know even looking back, the internet didn't work like that at that time either. Um, and then later, right after, he guesses, guesses correctly, an email address. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> which is also literally insane and couldn't yeah. have happened then or now or anytime. Um, but if you can look past that stuff, then it all makes sense. And the story is good. The story is good. Um, I thought like the little sneaky interactions he had with people and the like, you know, my, I guess my knowledge of the series um, without ever really knowing what happens in any one of the movies, knowing that people are constantly turning on people and people are spies and people are bad. And I mm-hmm. found myself like spending the movie trying to figure out who was good and who wasn't. And like some of it was obvious and some of it wasn't. And I think that that was really a fun part of it. Um, yeah. A ton of double crosses, a ton of turns. And really like when you look at the end, the only person he could trust was Ving Rhames. Almost besides the people that died, his team in the beginning, the wife was bad. Jim was bad. Um, The the, like Russian guy he brought onto the team to like be a pilot and stuff was bad. Almost everybody was bad, except for Ving Rhames. And then then they they did a good job of painting Kittredge as bad. Right. Um, and he was, like was the CIA guy. He just wasn't bad in this situation. He's just a dick. Well, but he was looking after other things. He wasn't interested. He thought Ethan Hunt was the mole. Like for right. all intents and purposes, what he was trying to find out was that who was the mole. And like he said, you survived. Like that scene in the like the aquarium restaurant was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was cool. because you thought you thought like, oh, this guy's on 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 his side. He's going to help him, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, it turns to shit really quickly. Yep. And like you, I think that was like you said, that was the great turning point for for when Ethan Hunt went from cocky, all these missions go well because I'm involved. To mm-hmm. oh shit, okay, I gotta I gotta take a step back here and and figure this out moving forward. Well, I think just like our idea of what an action star is supposed to be like has changed. Um, mm-hmm. And not long after this, our last rewatch, the Bourne series, I think definitely changed that forever um, as m- making your heroes more real life, more human, more realistic than these like whoopsh, 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 like karate chop, mm-hmm. like James Bond yeah. characters, these suave, cocky, like unrealistic, you know, can fight anyone without breaking a sweat in a suit. kind well- of thing. This movie was so different, though, because I I was watching. I was like, I don't think Tom Cruise has picked up a gun. I don't think he's had a fight. He didn't fight anybody except for one time. John Voight kicked his ass in like three seconds. That was the only fight he was in. Never fired a gun in the movie. So it is a very different movie. This was definitely trying to be more of a spy film Mm -hmm. than a straight up action movie. Although by the end, you do get a bunch of big action set pieces. But, you know, it was like a like. I think it peaked at the knock heist. Yeah. Like how memorable is that wire work from Tom oh. Cruise? He actually did that coming down. I I mean, if I had only seen that once in 1996, I would still remember it very, very well. That was a great scene. Yes. The knife dropping at the end, the sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like for how prepared they were. Um, my only thing was, is that they were so prepared. They knew everything about the building. They had a device that could move, could could re, you know, send lasers in different directions. But they didn't have a device that could like lower him down. Just, yeah, you would have to like <laughs> pull him <laughs> in, like down the fucking thing and not make any noise. Like that was the only part that I thought was a little <laughs> wild. Um, the dude is obviously his arms are absolutely fucking toast after <laughs> after like seven minutes of holding Tom Cruise on a rope. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Cruise is only like well, the, the 20, whole thing. So it, yeah. The whole thing was almost ruined by a rat in the 
in the air duct system like that mm-hmm. that part was was silly but they had to have like a foil right for for why he had to do the like thing with the arms where he was like trying yeah. to hold them up and oh, stuff like great. that it was great and the dude with oh. the set stomach kept coming in and out was so stupid and so perfect yeah it like, was great it was great i mean that the movie probably peaked there but i think that you know the the face-off in the train he sets this big thing up with you know people that he doesn't necessarily know what their identities is he knows their code names he knows they're going to be there he tells kittredge you know the cia guy to be there and it all comes to head on this cool ass speed train um you know with the helicopter involved and all that stuff and i thought all that stuff was really fun too Okay, last couple questions. Him taking off the entire mask of a different human being and then being himself, cool or not cool? It's cool because it's part of the the shtick, man. Like, um, you're going to get that multiple times throughout. Like, you know, you you like the spy, they're so good at being spies that they can actually pretty much interact with, you know, their the people's loved ones and they don't know the difference. Okay, so here's my only question. He's completely cut off from the entire, like, government, and he's, like, the number one target. Who the fuck made him a perfect mask of another human being? Well, I guess they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) People who are the mask makers were not working with him at this time. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe he already had one, dude. You never know. Like, maybe he already had one made just in case. I hope so. That's what what spies do. Um, Yeah. I think overall... If I'm gonna if I'm gonna grade this movie based on so comparing it to the first time I saw it to now right with with a, a much more like acute lens I think again same things I have about like the alien movies and other movies that like some of the computer stuff is silly right it, we all know it doesn't work like that anymore but like thinking back to how I felt watching it in like 1996 and knowing that like there was computer dial up. Right. And it was like the and you had, you had to wait for that. But like they had computers that were immediately dialed in, like, you know, as long as he was at the terminal. Right. And mm-hmm. he could hack into anything. And he hacked the, you know, NATO ghost com. Right. I don't even know what NATO ghost com is, but it sounds awesome it that sounds Luther cool. was able to hack that. Um, so if you think if you just eliminate that stuff and think about it from like when you were for me, like 16 years old, watching this for the first time, and then look at everything else that was done. This movie is like a 90, mm-hmm. like overall. I, I would I would give this a 90 across the board. Some of the dialogue was silly, um, but they're pulling from a TV show from like the 70s and making it into a movie with Tom Cruise, who I think at the time was like just getting into Scientology and like jumping on Oprah's couch and everything was fucking weird with him. And he's still like super believable as Ethan Hunt. And they got all these different players and there's all these like different, like double crosses and shit. This movie fucking rips. I love yeah. this movie. I loved it. I loved it. To... I think 90 is a great score. I don't even want to go up or down from that. That's fine for me. I try to be critical of these movies, but also like enjoy them. Um, I thought Tom Cruise was like maybe the worst part of this movie. And I've watched all these movies not remembering what happens at all. Um, and I know that he becomes just a perfect part of these movies. Um, mm-hmm. I just thought he really butchered a couple of these scenes, but that's okay because I know where we're headed. Um, I thought this movie was like a, an 84, um, but I, it was really freaking good for a 25 year old movie. Mm-hmm. When, when could I mean, I just want to add do, though. When could you it, learn to do sleight of hand with a disc, Eric? Oh, like I did like the sleight of he hand. He did all that. And think oh. just that's a perfect example, actually, Ryan, because it does help so much when your main actor is doing the stunts. And wow, could you tell, even in this movie, 
He did all the wire work. He did that sleight of hand stuff. The he did of like was great. he did the jumping off the train onto the helicopter. He did all that, and you could see it. You could see him like getting his ass worked by those wind machines up on the train, which were obviously the train wasn't moving. It was wind machines, but they were like 150 mile an hour wind machines. Um, God, all that stuff was amazing. And that was him, man. It helps a lot. So best scene in this film. Does that, does that does that change your score at all then, Eric, from an eighty four to like an eighty eight? Like closer to No, he's that with it. Uh best scene was was the, the scene where they're getting the computer data. The knock list steal was the best. Okay. Well guys, you know what time it is. Oh boy. It's officially time for Is Tom Cruise overrated or underrated? Oh my god. You know we still have to do steam or stream, so oh, just I keep know. that in mind. But let's do it. Okay, here we go. Tom Cruise, he goes all the way back to 1981. All right, taps, endless love, losing it. All the right moves. Have you heard of any of those? Uh, no. Keep then going. I've heard of all the right 1983, moves. 1983, Risky Business. Huge. Love it. I've never Fantastic seen it. Fantastic movie. It's great so movie. great. Same year as Risky Business, he has The Outsiders. Great movie. Big movie. Big English class movie. Uh, yeah. Legend in 1985, and three years after Risky Business, he has Top Gun, which is not very well rated. 83% of viewers, but only 50, 56% of critics. Yeah, it's not. It's a classic. Doesn't mean it's good. Uh, he jumps in with some big time movies later that year, 86, with The Color of Money and 1988's Rain Man, both highly rated. Yeah, Rain Man's fantastic. Color of Money is, is very, very good with Paul Newman as well. That's I've seen all cool these movies. Movie. That's the pool yep. movie, right? Yeah. Pool Sharks, yeah. Uh, just terrible movie, Cocktail, followed up by Born yep. on the Fourth. Whoa, 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 whoa. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? Do you know what How score? How dare you? Do you know what score Cocktail has? 50 I don't care what I don't care what score Cocktail has. Are you ready? You, for will, re- you will respect Brian Flanagan, you <laughs> son of a bitch. It has <laughs> it has a 58 from viewers and a 7 from critics. <laughs> no, it's it's a pretty cheesy movie. I'm just it's I'm being seven. silly just to give her. I've seen it. I've seen all these, man. I've seen every single one. Legend kind of a sleeper. 1989, Born on the 4th of July. 1990s Days of Thunder. Yeah, great movie. 1992 Far and Away and A Few Good Men. Oh, wow, oh, a few good oh. men. Now we're like, wait, is Tom Cruise like a really good actor? And then soon we find out, no, not really. Then uh, 1993's The Firm, followed up by 1994's Interview with a Vampire. Jesus Christ, has he got bangers. He's just, he's just <laughs> he has fire. to be one of the biggest. Just I mean, on we, fire. Okay, so 94, fuck. Interview with a Vampire. He takes 1995 off to make two movies. 96's Mission Impossible and Jerry Maguire. Oh, oh my God, was he on fire. <laughs> Um, then he goes Rough Riders, Without Limits, Eyes Wide Shut, and Magnolia. Okay, Eyes Wide Shut. If you guys tried to watch this, it's a Kubrick movie. It's his last movie. It's hard to watch. It's not great. And it's then Magnolia good. is Paul Thomas Anderson or Paul Thomas Anderson? PT? What's the guy? What's the guy that makes all the fucking yeah. amazing? Okay. Yeah, PTA. PT, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's got a small part in it, but I love that movie. So he's dabbling in some like real acting stuff here. Never really got the recognition for it. Not sure he was that that great in these roles. All right, so here we go. Here's the 2000s. 2000, Mission Impossible 2. 2001, he goes The Others and Vanilla Sky. And 2002, he does Space Station, Minority Report, Johnson, County War, and NARC. Jeez, I... Obviously, we all know Minority Report. Probably an underrated movie That's overall. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's a pretty solid movie, yeah. 
Uh, two, and then we'll get to, we'll get to Mission Impossible. His too, prime right? is 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 over. We're past his prime now officially. Sure go ahead. Two thousand three, he does the Last Samurai and Shattered Glass. Both do. Whoa, whoa! Last Samurai is real good. Great, yeah. <laughs> uh, two thousand four, he does Collateral, and then a great movie. Two thousand five, mm-hmm. he does War of the Worlds and Elizabeth Town. Both sucked. Um, two thousand six, he does Mission Impossible three. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he does Lions of Lamb for Lambs and Terrible and Valkyrie. So oh, that was Valkyrie. Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah, that was supposed to be a really good movie, and it was just okay. That was where he had like the eye patch, and he had like a one eye. It was just okay. Uh, he Weird. does Tropic Thunder in uh, 2008. Hey, Les Grossman, great Les Grossman. part of that movie. Um, he does. Give me a diet coke, or I'm going to rip your tits off. <laughs> 2010, he does Night and Day. In 2011, he does Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. And yeah, so Night and Day uh, pretty much sucked. Ghost Protocol, we're going to get to it soon. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah, Night and Day was Cameron Diaz, like a rom-com spy. Gotta be the last thing she ever did. Terrible. Uh, He does 2012's Rock of Ages, 2012's Jack Reacher, and 2013's Oblivion. Oblivion? Is that the sci-fi movie that he keeps reading? Yeah. No, that's Day After Tomorrow or whatever. No, 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 no. That was Oblivion where he, they were in like the, the white spacecrafts. They were investigating like outposts. Uh, and then they turn on him. It was bad. Bad, 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 bad. bad. Morgan okay. Free- Remember making Morgan more Freeman? Bad than good at this point. Morgan right. Freeman was like the guy that was like smoking a cigar that captured him in that. It was yeah. not good. Oh, bad, bad. 2014, he does A Poet in New York and Edge of Tomorrow. Which has Edge of Tomorrow, old, which has great, great reviews, movie. by the way. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is an app, like it's a legitimately phenomenal movie. Yeah, like, Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt, and Tom Cruise in that are oh fantastic. my god, you'd really love it. It's it's fantastic. 2015, he does Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation, which has great reviews. Mm-hmm. 2016, he goes back to Jack Reacher: Never Go Back. <laughs> 2017, he does The Mummy, which gets terrible reviews. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Jimbo, not what's on your this podcast. On he does. <laughs> Dude, I love that, like, Tom Cruise is responsible for some of our all time running podcast jokes. Yeah. With the Jack Reach Around, Never Look Back. That's a classic. And then The Mummy. I mean, you guys make fun of me, but I enjoyed the movie, okay? Uh, and then he does 2017's American Made and 2018's Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, okay. And that's it for him. Um, he has a couple more movies coming. 2021's Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. 2022's Mission Impossible 7. And 2023's Mission Impossible 8. <laughs> he's a Mission Impossible guy at this point. I think they're the, really the only consistently good movies he's making now. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Tom Cruise, underrated. Underrated. I'm going to say the same thing. Underrated <laughs> if... For every bad movie that he did, he made another great one. Like for every uh, whatever the the silly movie that he was, he made um, for every Night and Day, he made another Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. For every whatever movie he made, Edge of Tomorrow. Right? He realized like I gotta make a banger in between mm-hmm. you know these two films. And yeah, he's coming back to the Top Gun well. And that's fine because things Whatever. are probably he, drying up. They're, they're, they're drying he up at this owned point. owned the 90s. Absolutely okay. owned the 90s. I have a real question for you guys. Well, he's 90s. been solid since. Late 90s, who is a bigger deal, Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt? I mean, it's A and B, I think. Um, probably Tom Cruise was a bigger deal. <gasps> he was, but dude, think about it. Okay, 
I'm not uh, Brad Pitt was was a bigger sex symbol, but did way fewer movies. We've done a Brad Pitt deep dive. He did probably five movies in the 90s. He didn't do that much work. Tom Cruise is coming out with two or three movies every year. One of them or two of them is a big fucking hit. Dude, I'm going to say he's actually, I mean, with all the crazy Scientology stuff, all those things, you you put that aside and he's underrated. He's one he's of underrated. the greatest movie stars of all time. And right. it, it's, it's not like... Um... It's not like The Rock, right? Where everything he makes is like critically dismantled, right. but it still makes a ton of money. Like Tom Cruise has movies that are really good and make a ton of money. Yeah, like great points in the same in the same token, right? So he does especially all the Rock like movies, but he also does the movies that The Rock could never make. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and so like even if even if he is Ethan Hunt in eight movies. Mm-hmm. They all make a ton of money, and most of them are really, really good. Would you see any Mission Impossible movie? Because I would. Absolutely. Yeah, I would. I would. When they when they try and recast Ethan Hunt as like I don't know some other like young actor, it's probably not going to be the same. Like I I I would love to see you know it, this isn't like recasting James Bond. This is someone who has played the same character for twenty plus years, and you're going to try and replicate like that charisma like mission impossible fallout i i reviewed it so highly i forced both of you to go see it in theaters and you were like yeah that was totally worth it like even though it wasn't like it's it's not a great movie but seeing it in theaters was fantastic it was very entertaining and fun all right guys eric overrated properly or under I, I think I spent my whole life thinking he was overrated, but I think he's underrated. Yes. <laughs> wow. I thought you were going to go properly. Even, That's unbelievable. You haven't, seen, you haven't even seen like The Edge of Tomorrow and no, things like I that, which would be fantastic. I just think like when you look at what he did in like that in the 90s, it's just like, oh, he was in like five of the top 20 movies. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Huge. Beautiful. Right, guys, Love it. So- what do you got? The much better song from Mission Impossible. <laughs> all right, guys. So well, that's it. That's all the time we had. Whoa, 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 whoa. What about Steam and Stream, baby? We all we took the time. Are we, are we, are we steaming or streaming? During our rewatch, <laughs> this rewatch will self-destruct. Okay. All right. We fucked you up. Hey, next week, we're going to let you do your bit. We won't fuck it up, okay? But but don't say that's all the time we have. <laughs> I was just too too excited about the song. I'm sorry. All right, guys. So here we go. Um, Finally, streamer or steamer. Uh, We watched this movie called Without Remorse. Uh, It was starring Michael B. Jordan, and it was on uh, Amazon Prime. And this was a Tom Clancy movie about a soldier, like a high-end, like Navy SEAL kind of soldier. And he goes on this mission, and they're trying to rescue a hostage. And there's like, correct me if I'm wrong, but they think he thinks he's on one type of mission, but then there's like these, they're in Syria, but then they're like battling against Russian, Russian soldiers in Syria. And the mission is really sketchy and there's no care for the soldiers that are on this mission. And so he kind of questions the mission to his superior and realizes that something really sketchy is going on here. And then after that, there is an attempted, you know, these assassins come to kill him and his family they murder his wife and he survives killing them but being bad well if you you want to go if you want to go back just a little bit they rescue this hostage that they're supposed to rescue and then they find out it's russian like military or kgb or something like that 
And then they shoot an RPG through where they are. And some of the American um, military folks get trapped like underneath the building or like a level below. And he was like, well, we got to go get our people back. And then the CIA guy was like, nope, the mission is to extract this this person that we came to get. Leave your soldiers behind. Mm -hmm. And Michael B. Jordan ignores that that order and goes and gets, you know, his his friends out. And that's when. He starts to question yeah. the necessity or, or the, the the reliability of what the CIA guy was telling him. Did you guys get frustrated how, like, Michael B. Jordan always, like, had to do his own thing throughout this whole movie? Like, not once could he follow orders. He's always like, mm, better idea, and he runs off somewhere. It's like, dude. I thought that I was just frustrated, just got frustrated from this movie for the most part because it was really poorly written. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I'm sorry. Okay, so let me just say one thing, and I know Ryan's going to perk up here. Uh, Adapted from an old Clancy book, as they all are old now. Like, he's been dead, right? I mean, these are old books. Um, Tyler, Taylor Sheridan? What's your guy's name? Taylor? It's your guy that writes Not the best best screenplay. Not the best screenplay. Yeah, well, he wrote it with somebody else. So interesting there. I just thought that was interesting. Um, Yeah, man, this movie was kind of like a boring mess for me. This was like I just this was I, I I completely agree. This was extraction with Chris Helmsworth, mm-hmm. but <laughs> worse. But like I mean, it was literally like almost like kind of the same scenario, only worse acted and less of a intriguing story. Mm-hmm. How long was like, the movie? Too long. It was, it was an hour, two hours. Hour and fifty. Hour and fifty. Okay. I, I okay. This is my honest take. Okay. I thought that the first hour of this movie was so boring that I was like on my phone a lot. Yeah. Like I wasn't really paying attention and that's why. You know, guys, like we've talked about this. We can stop. If you watch 45 minutes of of a steamer stream and you quit, it's a steam and that's it. But I I finished it. I finished it. I finished it. So it was so bad for the first like hour that I couldn't really pay attention. And Mm -hmm. then somehow when I got to the end, and the last fight scenes, I was, like, kind of into it. And, like, at the very end, I was kind of like, all right, I really got to know what happened. I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but I thought the end and the post credit scene were, like, kind of cool. Yeah. Um, they are sure that they're going to make a sequel to this. <laughs> I saw an interview with Michael B. Jordan, and he was like, this is the hardest I've ever worked on a movie. I had to learn so much. I had to stay in shape for the song. I had to learn weapons and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, you did Black Panther and you had worked harder on this. Okay. All right. And I then want- he's like, I can't, you know, for the second one, I'm sure we'll one up ourselves. Rainbow Six. He just announced that Rainbow Six is happening. No, no, no. I think that like that, like I would say that the, the end of the movie and where they're headed was the best part of it. Yeah. The movie itself was like kind of bad, but like mm-hmm. the last 20 minutes and the post credit scene, I was... I was kind of feeling it, but it was like hard because I kept being like, oh, I don't really know who anyone is because I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> Look, I did pay enough attention to follow the plot. The movie, to me, you guys, I'll tell you right now, this is a little bit different because it is a steamer for me. Oh, I do not recommend it. It's a steamer. Okay. <laughs> it's a steamer. That being said, if they come out with a Rainbow Six movie with Michael B. Jordan, I'm going to fucking watch it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to watch it. It's crazy. I mean, they set it up. Like, that was the point of it, I guess, is to set up Rainbow Six. Oh, I'm really excited about that. I also thought, like, the whole without remorse thing felt a little bit underplayed throughout the Mm -hmm. movie. Because he still played within the rules, like, for the most part. He should have been, like, killing people's children. 
Like, yeah, that's no what I was kind of care. Yeah, what I was expecting. Also, I thought it was a little bit disconcerting of like, like he was on like David Blaine level of like holding his breath underwater in multiple scenes where I was like, okay, he's way yeah. too calm. He's been holding his breath for two minutes and he's like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and calmly wait. Why, okay. And, and can you just dude, why he was grabbing He's a Navy SEAL. Why was he grabbing the oxygen bag? When he when the stuff, stuff was like going, surface. he kept grabbing. By the way, the those bag. don't work like that. They no, need air no. to fill up. He didn't use yeah. the air. Well, but they have a thing where you can pull and they fill with air. So like that's what he was doing was Underwater? to float stuff up. With his, I don't think. Well, I mean, I guess uh, I'm not a that. fucking. Yeah, we don't. Know. But I think that's why he was grabbing those. But he was also like holding his breath for like way too long of a time and being way too calm. I realize he's a Navy SEAL, but like. He hasn't been practicing that stuff. There's no way he's able to hold his breath. So some of those scenes took me out a little bit. And then, like, the angry dialogue that they tried to make him, like, deliver was mm-hmm. hard to watch. I love Michael B. Jordan. I want to see him as, like, an uh, like a certified, wow, if he could be Ethan Hunt and deliver that same quality that, like, Tom Cruise can, like he did as, like, Eric Killmonger in, in some capacity, mm-hmm. but, like, be on the good side. I would love to watch that. But like the lines that they gave them and like the voice dubs, like the dub over stuff was so bad at times where you could see like the words coming out of his like mouth were not what was being said because the dub mm. was so bad, was unbearable to watch at some points. And you didn't know where they were going. And overall, this movie is an absolute fucking steamer. Steamer. Yeah. But I'm here for Michael B. Jordan to be a successful action star. And in order to get there, you got to do some shitty things at first. And so I'm hoping that this is a a nice platform for Michael B. Jordan to be able to skyrocket into an Ethan Hunt type role or Rainbow Six, like as a Tom Clancy staple where you know what you're getting, but you don't know what you're getting. And it's always Mm going to be quality because this movie was lacking, like Eric said, quite a bit until the end, like the gas mask scene at the end. And, and then you got like the post-credit scene, everything like fit later, but there's a 40 minute window in between there where you're like, this movie is, I'm checking my phone. I'm looking up Instagram, that type of shit. So I'm hoping it's better moving forward. Okay, a couple things I will say before I give it the official steamer stamp. Um, one, I really hated. No, actually, I'm sorry. I really love when he was like, "Say your name." I was like, "Yeah, motherfucker, say your name." Like <laughs> I was about that shit. That was great. <laughs> Pam. I was Pam. Cool. <laughs> Is it when Pam he was or in the Pam? Pam with an N. Pam. So. Oh yeah, it's two N's. Pam. Um, <laughs> When he was in the, when he hopped in the burning car, oh, that shit was pretty. Huge bullet like, was dudes in the burning car. No, that was cool. I just punctured your lung. I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually sick. And like when he, when he like take get takes his shirt off and gets all wet, I was oh, into that too. I loved it. Why? Why? I was like, he's trying to get slippery because he's not that wet. <laughs> I know. I was like, was he? Oh, doing no. it? Why is he putting the water on himself? I was like, he was oh, gratuitous, but he's like, he, he, you know what? Slick. He he's looks like a fucking action star. To I was like, me, he's trying know? to get slick so that their hands will just slide right off of them. But he only put it like a couple splashes. Then I was like, <laughs> nah, he just took his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only purpose. And I also was really curious when he was like, yeah, so I want to run this organization. That's secret and has no rules. And they're like, well, who could run something like that? And he was like, 
I could. And I was like, and they give no it to way. There's no way they would let this fucking loose cannon just run they, some secret. I thought that so many times. Like, why bring him on this mission? He's literally, he promised his senior officer that he wouldn't follow their rules. And then they're still like, all right, yeah, but let's go. Let's do the mission. Like, he was like, who better than me? The person who will follow no rules will probably break international laws, <laughs> commit multiple war crimes, and is completely out of my mind, ready and to is suicidal. Die, ready yeah. to die to kill all of my enemies. And they were like, please, go ahead, sir. Sign him up. Well, that's kind of what you want. Listen, I gotta, I gotta say this. So Admiral Greer is a big part of the Tom Clancy world, and that is notoriously played by James Earl Jones, who is. Oh, okay. So he's he was in Hunt for Red October and so many other of the movies, uh, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, etc. Sure. So that's when they were saying, you know, um, Brigadier General Greer was the the black lead female Karen Greer um, in this instead of like Kent Greer I'm sure her acting was atrocious yeah. <laughs> oh my god sorry <laughs> um yeah it really was like I want she looked great and some of her lines were fine but like sometimes she delivered a line I'm like that's not how humans talk no <laughs> that ain't it not. she so. she was not very good so I apologize for the yeah. sneeze but yeah she was she was one of the worst parts of that entire movie I know, I know. I was hoping she was going to be like uh, the gal from, you know, Black Panther. That was like the lead, you know, general with the spears and and stuff. And Mm -hmm. like be super believable and fun. Great job. And she wasn't that. No, no. This movie is a steamer, but I'll watch the sequel in a weird twist of, of fate. I agree. Couldn't agree more. All right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Go back, check out our sports cast. It's great. We break down the Vikings draft. We break down the Wolves hot play here for a few games. Lots of good stuff. Uh, until next time, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies podcast.